This E-Cystic Fibrosis Review Podcast is presented by DKP Med Radio. This is truly a breakthrough treatment for people with CF and is providing new hope for the entire CF community. The new triple combination CFTR modulator therapy. Welcome to E-Cystic Fibrosis Review. Alexicaftor plus Tezicaftor plus Ivacaftor. What can people with at least one copy of the F508-DEL CFTR mutation expect from this triple therapy? What are the risks? What are the benefits? We're here to talk about that with Dr. Scott Sagel from the Breathing Institute at the Children's Hospital Colorado, part of the University of Colorado's Anschilds Medical Campus. For Dr. Sagel's disclosures and additional CME information, please go to our website, eCysticFibrosisReview.org, and click on the Volume 9, Issue 4 link. I'm Bob Busker, Managing Editor of E-Cystic Fibrosis Review. Dr. Sagel, thank you for joining us. Bob, thanks for inviting me. Our learning objective is to describe the effects triple combination CFTR modulator therapy, that's Alexicaftor plus Tezicaftor plus Ivacaftor, for people with at least one copy of the F508-DEL CFTR mutation. That's for people who are F508-DEL heterozygous as well as F508-DEL homozygous. So start things off, if you would please, Dr. Sagal, by taking us to the clinic with a patient scenario. Let's start with a 16-year-old young man with cystic fibrosis who is heterozygous for the F508-DEL and G542X mutations. He has a history of chronic lung infections with Pseudomonas aeruginosa and Staphylococcus aureus and has CF-related diabetes. Despite being adherent with standard-of-care therapies, he frequently experiences pulmonary exacerbations characterized by fevers, worsened respiratory symptoms, exertional dyspnea, weight loss, rapid declines in lung function, and occasional hypoxemia. He is requiring hospitalizations and intensive inpatient treatment approximately every two months. At the end of hospitalizations, his lung function is nearly 80% predicted but within a couple weeks of discharge, his lung function is often in the 60s, and he can drop to as low as the 40s, leading to another hospitalization. Your standard of care therapies for this patient. Give us a brief rundown, please. He is on a fairly complex treatment regimen that includes twice-daily mucus clearance therapies and regular exercise, chronic alternate month inhaled antibiotics, targeting his pseudomonas infection, and thrice-weekly azithromycin therapy, chronic rotating oral antibiotics targeting his underlying bacterial infections because he struggles symptomatically and declines more rapidly when he is off antibiotics, caloric supplements to try to maintain weight, and daily insulin therapy for his diabetes. Despite all these treatments, we could not keep this patient well for any prolonged stretches of time. The need for frequent hospitalizations and more intensive treatment with IV antibiotics and augmented mucus clearance became part of our standard of care approach to reduce his symptom burden and improve his weight and lung function, at least temporarily. Unfortunately, he was not eligible for the previous combination CFTR modulator therapies of either Lumicaftor, Ivacaftor, or Tazacaftor, Ivacaftor. These therapies were not shown to be effective in people with CF heterozygous for an F508-DEL 
and a second minimal function mutation. What are the reasons you believe he kept getting so sick that he needed to be hospitalized so often? Great question. One that we struggled mightily to figure out and answer. First, we often worry about the challenges of adolescence. Historically, adolescence has been the time of most rapid decline in lung function and worsening health in CF. And there are various possible reasons and explanations. It is a time when our patients are experiencing more in the way of anxiety and depression. There's decreased adherence to therapies and difficulty balancing school and complex treatment regimens. Could decreased adherence be responsible? In terms of adherence, while there's certainly room for improvement, he readily acknowledged that he could do more effective mucus clearance treatments, and he was not regularly monitoring his blood sugars and managing his diabetes as carefully as he wanted to, there were also reasons to believe he was doing the best that he could. These were based on conversations with the patient and his mother and by us reviewing prescription refill data. What conclusions did you draw to account for the recurrence and severity of his disease? I suspect that he was getting sick so frequently and declining rapidly, mainly due to the overwhelming features and devastating consequences of progressive CF lung disease, including severe bronchiectasis, persistent lung infections, uncontrolled inflammation in the lungs. Without a disease-modifying treatment, such as CFTR modulator therapy, my expectation is that this patient was going to continue to worsen. His lung function would continue to cycle but decline, and that he would be facing the prospects of end-stage lung disease and need for lung transplantation within a few years. The recently approved triple combination CFTR modulator therapy, would this patient be eligible? Yes. The eligibility for this new therapy is based on three criteria, having cystic fibrosis, being 12 years of age and older, and having at least one copy of the F508-DEL CFTR mutation, either being homozygous or heterozygous. As a reminder, our patient is 16 years old with CF. He has one F508-DEL and one G542X. He qualifies. What were your expectations when starting triple therapy in this patient? Based on data from one of the phase three clinical trials that was a multinational study, the results of which were published in the New England Journal of Medicine in November 2019 and discussed in my recent issue of E-Cystic Fibrosis Review, I would expect to see improvements in lung function, improvements in respiratory symptoms, increases in weight and body mass index, and reductions in pulmonary exacerbations. And specifically for my patient, I was hoping for stabilization of disease, avoidance of the rapid cyclical falls in lung function, and reduction in the need for hospitalizations and IV antibiotics. What did you actually see? Bob, the benefits of this therapy in our patient were remarkable. After one month of treatment, there was a marked improvement in his symptoms and overall health. His lung function increased from 62% pre-treatment to 82% post-treatment, and he had gained over two pounds since starting treatment. After four months of treatment, he had not experienced a single pulmonary exacerbation requiring either outpatient or inpatient treatment. 
We stopped his cycled oral antibiotics and are currently continuing him on his alternate month inhaled antibiotics targeting his pseudomonas infection, thrice weekly azithromycin therapy, and daily mucus clearance treatments. Associated with his improvements in lung health, his mental health is improving. His general disposition is much better. He is feeling less depressed, and he is more optimistic about his future. Thank you for sharing your insight and expertise in this case, Dr. Sagal. Let's wrap it up by revisiting our learning objective, which is describe the effects of triple combination CFTR modulator therapy for people with at least one copy of the F508-DEL CFTR mutation. What are the key things our listeners need to know? There are several key things to take away. One are the expected benefits of this new therapy on overall health based on the clinical trials. Important and significant benefits on lung health, including improvements in lung function, reductions in respiratory symptoms, and reductions in pulmonary exacerbations, and clinically meaningful improvements in digestive health as well that include weight gain and better nutritional status. Two, everyone with CF 12 years of age and older with one or two copies of the F508-DEL mutation is eligible for this new therapy and stands to benefit from this therapy. Three, I expect that improved quality of life will translate to improved mental health, and mental health is also associated with long-term health outcomes in CF. Finally, this is truly a breakthrough treatment for people with CF and is providing new hope for the entire CF community. Thank you, doctor. And we'll return with Dr. Scott Sagel from the Breathing Institute at the Children's Hospital Colorado in just a moment. Hi, it's Bob Busker, taking a moment now to tell you about the latest updates to the CF Family Day Meeting Builder. COVID-19 has made it even more difficult to keep the CF team and community connected. CF Family Meeting Day Builder provides the tools to help you build and manage a remote CF Family Day that's safe, engaging, and based on the specific needs of your center's community. We've been adding new topics on transplants, on exercise, on mental health, and we've been updating current materials to help you design an effective and appealing Family Day experience. You can access the latest version of CF Family Day Meeting Builder at cffamilyday.com. That's cffamilyday.org. Welcome back to this E-Cystic Fibrosis Review Podcast. We've been speaking with Dr. Scott Sagel from the Children's Hospital Colorado about the new triple combination CFTR modulator therapy. Let's move on to our next learning objective, doctor, which is to explain how this triple combination CFTR modulator therapy might impact the comorbidities and complications associated with cystic fibrosis. Uh, So once again, uh, if you would please, Dr. Sagel, take us to the clinic. Let me present a 14-year-old adolescent female with cystic fibrosis who is homozygous for the F508-DEL mutation. In general, she's healthy. She has a baseline lung function above 100%. Her BMI is just above the 50th percentile. She is chronically infected with a methicillin-sensitive form of Staphylococcus aureus. She has been treated with oral antibiotics to treat respiratory illnesses twice in the past year and has not required any hospitalizations for several years. She is physically active, participating in competitive running and swimming. She was started on the double combination CFTR modulator therapy, Lumacaftor-Ivacaftor, 
a few years ago when it was approved down to her age. She has been tolerating this therapy well and experienced subtle clinical improvements after starting this therapy that included increased weight and reduced frequency of respiratory illnesses requiring antibiotics. Well, it sounds like this patient is doing pretty well. Are you planning to start her on the triple combination therapy? Absolutely. She meets eligibility criteria. She is over 12 years of age with CF, and she has two F508 Dell mutations. Well, I think the obvious question is why? She's doing well on Lumicaftor Ivacaftor, so why change? What additional benefits might she expect from triple therapy? There's ample reason to believe that she will benefit more from triple combination therapy than from her current CFTR modulator therapy of Lumicaftor Ivacaftor. The other phase three clinical trial, which was published in Lancet in 2019, examined the addition of Alexacaftor, a next-generation CFTR corrector, to Tazacaftor plus Ivacaftor in people with CF homozygous for the F508 Dell mutation, like our patient. Over a short period of four weeks, triple combination therapy significantly improved lung function and respiratory symptoms compared with the combination of Tazacaftor-Ivacaftor, which has comparable efficacy to Lumacaftor-Ivacaftor therapy, meaning triple combination therapy, the combination of two CFTR correctors, Alexacaftor and Tazacaftor, and one CFTR potentiator, Ivacaftor, is significantly more effective than double combination therapy either Tazacaftor Ivacaftor or Lumacaftor Ivacaftor. Triple combination may have been more effective in the trials, but this patient's lung function is already above 100%. What clinical improvements would you expect to see? Bob, that is a fair question, and one that a health insurance company might ask as well. First, regarding lung function. Most clinical trials restrict eligibility criteria to those with an FEV1 less than 90% predicted. So we don't have a wealth of clinical trial data in patients like mine whose FEV1 is greater than 100%. Limited data from studies involving younger children with preserved lung function and from post-approval real-world studies of Ivacaftor which is another highly effective modulator therapy, suggests less improvements in FEV1, but additional improvements nonetheless. I also expect to see improvements in growth as observed in the clinical trials. Pulmonary exacerbations were not studied in the phase three clinical trial in this patient population because it was only four weeks in duration. But my expectation from the other phase three trial of triple combination therapy and other clinical trials of approved CFTR modulators is a reduction in exacerbations and need for antibiotics. I expect this patient to continue to do well with infrequent exacerbations and only occasional need for antibiotics. It sounds like you've already started this patient on triple combination CFTR modulator therapy. What's your experience been so far? I did, in fact, start my patient on triple combination therapy. I saw her back in clinic a little over one month after starting her on therapy. She reported increased cough and sputum expectoration for the first couple days after starting therapy. But since then, 
She reports that her cough is significantly less, and she rarely coughs up any mucus, even with her daily mucus clearance treatments. Her FEV1 improved by 6% to 108% predicted. She's gained about one pound, and her body mass index is now at the 60th percentile. She expressed no concerns, and overall, we both felt like she was benefiting from this therapy. Your patient expressed no concerns, but what about you? What concerns do you have about this new therapy, and what in particular are you monitoring in your patients, both those being started on triple modulator therapy as well as those being switched to it? In both phase three clinical trials, the triple combination regimen was very well tolerated. The adverse events observed in most trial participants were mild and often transient. Very few trial participants had to discontinue treatment due to drug intolerance. With that being said, these drugs are metabolized in the liver. The recommendations are to check baseline liver function tests or enzymes prior to initiating therapy and to monitor liver function tests every three months during the first year of therapy. There are dosing guidelines for those with significant underlying CF-related liver disease, and there are stopping criteria based on elevations in liver function tests. Cataracts, which are opacities in the lenses of our eyes, have been reported in pediatric patients treated with ivacaftor-containing regimens. Baseline and follow-up eye examinations are recommended in pediatric patients initiating triple combination therapy. Clinically, I will continue to monitor the same things we always do in CF clinic. Growth, lung function, airway infections. Related to growth, I'm actually a bit concerned about the possibility of too much weight gain. In fact, emerging data suggests that almost 25% of patients on long-term Ivacaftor treatment are in the overweight or obese categories. We are stopping calorie supplements in several of our patients because of this concern. I want to go back to the patient you presented. So aside from potentially cutting back or stopping her caloric supplements, does she still need to continue all her other treatments? Great question. The quick answer is yes, at least for now. In the clinical trials, triple combination therapy was studied in addition to other standard of care therapies meaning the benefits were seen on top of standard of care therapies. But we need to recognize that the burden of treatment in our patients in terms of time, cost, physical, and emotional burden is tremendous. Anything that we can do to reduce or alleviate this burden will be positive. The majority of our patients and families, as well as CF clinicians, have expressed high interest in testing the withdrawal of chronic therapies. Inhaled mucolytic therapies, including hypertonic saline and Dornase Alpha, topped the list. A forthcoming study called Simplify will study adolescents and adults being treated with triple combination therapy who have less severe lung disease and preserved lung function and will address the question as to whether inhaled mucolytic therapy can be safely discontinued. This will be a randomized controlled trial conducted in the CF Therapeutics Development Network, which is our clinical trials network here in the United States. This study will begin later in 2020. 
The patient you brought us, Dr. Sagal. She was fairly healthy, and with a triple modulator therapy, she became even healthier. But I want to ask you about patients with more severe disease. Patients with greater lung compromise or greater degrees of pancreatic insufficiency, or those with cystic fibrosis-related diabetes. What's been your experience putting those kinds of patients on triple therapy? For patients homozygous with the F508 DEL mutation, the clinical trial I mentioned that was published in The Lancet does provide evidence that those with more severe lung disease and lower baseline lung function experience more significant improvements in lung function than those with less severe lung disease and higher baseline lung function. In a subgroup analysis in this trial, those with a baseline FEV1 less than 70% predicted experienced an 11 percentage point improvement in FEV1 relative to the Tazacaftor-Ivacaftor comparator group, whereas those with the baseline FEV1 greater than 70% experienced a 6 percentage point improvement in FEV1 relative to the comparator group. Emerging data assessing long-term modulator therapy, particularly Ivacaftor, are demonstrating a significant reduction in the rate of lung function decline, meaning our patients are losing less lung function over time. This is a critical determinant of long-term lung health. Analyses of registry data from the United States and United Kingdom are also revealing favorable trends in terms of infection with Pseudomonas aeruginosa, reduced prevalence of CF-related diabetes, and early signals suggesting decreased need for lung transplantation and improving survival. We believe that initiating CFTR modulator treatment at an early age has the potential of further modifying disease progression, preventing the onset of early lung disease and possibly preserving exocrine pancreatic function. Clinical trials of triple combination therapy are underway in younger children with CF with the goal of starting this treatment in early infancy. Finally, the CF Therapeutics Development Network is now performing the PROMISE study to better understand the long-term effects of triple combination therapy on airway infection and inflammation, digestion and pancreatic disease, CF-related diabetes, and liver disease. This study will inform future clinical care and research priorities related to complications and comorbidities of CF. Thank you for bringing us this case in discussion, Dr. Sagal. Let's wrap things up now by revisiting our learning objective for this case. So, explain how triple combination CFTR modulator therapy may impact the comorbidities and complications associated with CF. What are the key things our listeners need to be aware of? Bob, first, The hope is that triple combination therapy ultimately alleviates the incredible treatment burden facing our patients and families. Since triple combination therapy is significantly improving lung function and presumably enhancing mucociliary clearance, our patients are coughing and expectorating far less. This begs the question of whether patients still need to be doing inhaled mucolytic therapy as frequently as they currently are. We want to be careful, though, and we are going to study it. If triple combination therapy leads to a reduction in infections with Pseudomonas aeruginosa, as has been seen with Ivacaftor, this will result in a decreased need for alternate month inhaled antibiotic therapy and chronic azithromycin therapy. 
And we need to better understand the effects of triple combination therapy on common comorbidities and complications in CF, including diabetes, CF-related liver disease, bone disease. Our hope and expectation is that triple combination therapy will reduce both the frequency and severity of these important contributors to overall health in our patients. Dr. Scott Sago from the Breathing Institute at the Children's Hospital Colorado. Thank you for participating in this E-Cystic Fibrosis Review Podcast. Bob, it has been my privilege to join you for this podcast. Thanks for the opportunity. For E-Cystic Fibrosis Review, I'm Bob Busker. To receive CME credit for this activity, please take the post-test at ecf.dkbmed.com. E-Cystic Fibrosis Review is supported by educational grants from Vertex Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, AbbVie Incorporated, GECUSA, and Mylan. The opinions and recommendations expressed by faculty and other experts whose input is included in this program are their own. This enduring material is produced for educational purposes only. E-Cystic Fibrosis Review is copyright with all rights reserved by DKB Med, LLC. Thank you for listening.